0: This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to AlaskaAir.com. This is the We Art Tacoma Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm your producer, Doug Mackey. How are you, my producer, Doug Mackey? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're in a nice warm studio and it's like uh, the hellscape of fall outside. So, yeah. Okay. It's supposed to get nice later this week. Tomorrow, I think it's supposed to be nice. But but tomorrow doesn't exist on this podcast because (laughs) of the release date. So Uh, This episode, we are talking to uh, Claire and Pam of the... uh, Tupac. And it is Tacoma Urban Performing Arts Center, which is a dance uh, studio primarily for kids of color or people of uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds who couldn't afford traditional classic ballet. And they're here to talk about their program and uh, the Urban Nutcracker, which I heard about so much last year. And the way that they describe it on the show, I'm I'm in. It sounds dazzling. It sounds dazzling. And. And disparate. Disparate and dazzling. <laughs> disparate and dazzling. So uh, let's give it a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Claire and Pam from Tupac. I thank you for coming to WeArt Tacoma. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So uh, tell the listeners, tell me, what does Tupac stand for?
1: Well, Tupac stands for the Tacoma Urban Performing Arts Center.
0: Now, did you did was the idea to name it Tupac, and then you reverse engineered what what fit that acronym, or how did that happen?
1: Okay, well, it's kind of crazy how it happened. Uh, Cabby Mitchell, the third, the late Cabby Mitchell, uh, had a dream for years to start a, a ballet school, classical ballet school for children of color and low economic means, and we had been putting together a program for a couple of years, just trying to figure out what we needed to do to make it happen. The only thing stopping us was we could not find a space that was affordable mm-hmm. and um, adequate to put in uh, dance studios. Well, one day we finally found the space, and uh, we were so excited, and we were leaving. And I said, well, Cab, we, we thought about everything except for a name. Right. And we were driving up Ninth Street, and we were just passing Urban Grace Church. And Cabby said, well, I know it's crazy, but how about if we call it Urban Grace Ballet? And I said, well, they're going to think we're affiliated with the church. It's like we can't. What we need to do, Gabby, we need to think about finding an acronym and make it work. (laughs) And at that point, Dear Mama by Tupac came on the radio in my car. (laughs) And we're like, Tupac? Everyone knows the name Tupac. Let's figure out how to get something. So we're banding about different Names And finally, we came up with Tacoma Urban Performing Arts Center. And then we're like, what did we just say? What did we say? And we forgot. It's like, and we had to go back and try to piece Recreate it together. Recreate it again. Yeah. And then it's like, write it down. And that's how Tupac came to be.
0: That's really, that's a wonderful story. That's absolutely delightful. Uh, how long? T- ago- I think Tupac would be very pleased, too. <laughs> he would be very pleased about that. Uh, how long ago was this? How long has the organization been around?
1: Uh, we opened in July 2017. Okay.
0: So very, very recent. Brand new. Brand new. And in that short amount of time, uh, Tupac uh, performed at the mayor's inaugural ball and recently won an Amcat award. I'd say that's pretty good for a two-year-old organization.
1: We've been very fortunate in that we have amazing volunteers and teachers uh, who come with so much experience in the professional world that are able to share with our children and uh, also have the expertise on how to uh, interact with other people so that we can share what we're teaching our children with the community.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell me this: the this story of, you said it was Cabby, the the founder who, who had this vision. Uh, where did that come from?
1: Yes, Cabby Mitchell III was an incredible human being. He was uh magical. He was friendly. He was knowledgeable. And Cabby started dancing uh, when he was about um, 10, 12 years old okay. in Oakland, California. But he became uh, the first black dancer with Pacific Northwest Ballet, p b went on to dance with Dance State of Harlem and other dance companies around the world. And Cabby and I always... Uh, would have conversations after class, classes where we would see young black children who were not excelling at the same rate as their Caucasian or Asian counterparts. And we felt that there was something going on that was not a conscious thing on teachers' part, but a bit of racism where our children were not being corrected and they were not uh, excelling. And it's not because they were not able to physically or emotionally or… Uh, Academically. Or academically, mm-hmm. it, it was just uh, a bit of an intimidating uh, uh, intimidation, I think, for children of color to go into a classical ballet school and be forced to wear pink tights and pink shoes on brown bodies, to be told that their hair in cornrows is going to take their hair out and they cannot wear their hair in a natural state Yeah. in these uh, 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 Caucasian based uh, ballet schools. So with that, we wanted to find a way to teach the children of Tacoma, who had every right to have high quality performing arts education by people who look like them, who understood them, and uh, who understood the importance of, of classical ballet and dance studies, music studies, to help them along even in their academic life. That's great. And I think Pam can then mm-hmm. uh, talk a little bit about sure. uh,
0: the relationship. As, as a founding board member, Pam, what brought you to the organization?
2: Well, I'm a retired educator, and um, I've been teaching in the public school system for 30, near 40 years, various uh, places um, across the United States. And um I joined this wonderful effort because Claire asked me to. I wasn't looking to go back into the schools or uh, get involved in uh, education because I'd done it for several years and raised four children, and I was really looking forward to the break of traveling and just sort of being free. But, um, you know, it's kind of in your bones. Once an educator, always an educator. And it's very difficult to say no when you're asked to support an organization that's going to help develop children Mm -hmm. and um and i have also become very close and um committed to the arts because i have a daughter who has excelled in the performing arts and more specifically the classical arts and um having watched her journey from about nine well actually even earlier maybe she started piano at about five years old and went all the way through high school and um no disservice to any of her teachers, but I think, again, Claire is correct because when when my daughter tried to audition for piano, uh, you know, in the college uh, arena, she wasn't quite prepared. And it wasn't because she would not have been able to perform. I, I think perhaps um, she wasn't taught at the same level of rigor that um, one would be taught if they were thought to be a classical pianist. So I think sometimes, as Claire said, unintentionally, our children of color and children from low socioeconomic backgrounds, they really aren't thought of as being someone who will be a classical pianist or an international opera talent or an international ballet dancer. So it's a belief system that I think many times teachers aren't aware that they have uh, you know a a belief system that our children aren't able to excel at those levels well we know they can I have a daughter that did and so I said there's many other students out there and I know that from having been in the public schools we miss a lot of students who are extraordinarily gifted and talented in the arts Mm -hmm. but they don't have the opportunity and mainly because our funding in public schools, arts is one of the first things that go. Absolutely. So we really, really need a um, community-based public performing arts center, and we're sort of on the first um, first level of it because right now, dance, which was Cabby's area, we're dance, but we hope to transition into theater, music, um, down the road. That that would be in in our next phase. That's right great. now, we're in phase one in dance. So it's hard not to be involved when you see the hard work uh, that Claire is doing and the people that she's bringing in by way of professional. I mean, these are world-renowned professional teachers, instructors, and artists. One parent actually drove across country, right? From Montana. From Montana with three children. Four. Four to be instructed in dance by one of the— Former P and B teachers? No. Was yes. Uh, Lynn still P&B? teaches
1: at P and B. She mm-hmm. is our school principal, uh, which means she sets our dance program. Mm-hmm. And uh, this family moved from Montana mm-hmm. specifically to study with Lynn.
0: Oh my! And that's the
2: quality of of teaching that goes on at Tupac. We have um, a uh, artist-in-residence who's now uh, transitioned into uh, another title, uh, more more involved, but these These people have to be compensated for their talent, and that's yeah. where we really run into the but, challenges
0: so. uh like 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 many other arts organizations i mm-hmm. i think as well i'm I'm curious this this might be a good time to ask a question I ask many guests you know what's the Tacoma art scene like from your eyes like how do how how do you see uh, Tacoma's support for the arts or lack thereof how do you think about that
1: uh, I'm really uh I feel a couple of ways about this. I feel the arts are su- supported by the city of Tacoma mm-hmm. uh, and also the Tacoma Arts Commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, have, they are really at the forefront. Tacoma creates in embracing community-based arts groups. I think it's amazing what they're doing, also working with the schools in uh, integrating art. Uh, the initiative that passed is making a huge difference. We are now
0: in four schools. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were able to get some of the Tacoma Creates yes, funding? Yes, That's yes. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Congrats. And, and, and is- they
2: really looked to us because um, our relationship with the city of Tacoma started from really the very beginning. That's great. And, uh, and they, they love what we do. I think our production uh, last uh, holiday season at the stadium um, high school our urban nutcracker really got the attention of uh, the community and uh, the arts community as well, the city of Tacoma. We had the mayor who debuted in our world premiere. So that was quite helpful. That was yeah, great. That is <laughs> yeah. great. And then she invited us, of course, to her State of the City yep. um, event, and our students performed. So we have a great relationship with the city. However, you know, the city can't embrace just one um, nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. So there is... as is, is, um, close as they can be as a partner. That's great. But, but one regard. of the
1: problems I find mm-hmm. in Tacoma is there is not a place, uh, a theater, that we can perform at a reasonable rate that's not in a high school. So if you want to do something on a higher level, say the uh, Tacoma Arts Live, even for nonprofits, we are priced out. Mm-hmm. We just do not have the access to pay the union rates. I understand they're now uh, expanding and working with uh, the Tacoma Arts Commission on some scholarship and help in putting on performances there, but it's still limited. I was talking to some hip hop artists uh, in the Hilltop area. There's not one venue where they can go and perform. The same with local acting groups. Unless you're part of a, a Tacoma Little Theater or Tacoma Musical Playhouse. I mean, these are wonderful establishments, but where is the place where people of color, of low economic means, can go and, and do... And artists, too. And, and mm-hmm. develop a play, develop a musical, revive a play. There, so that's where I'm torn, because... Yes, there are opportunities, but they're not affordable for many of uh, these startup uh, nonprofits mm-hmm. and startup community arts groups.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 And we have a relationship with the Tacoma Art Museum as well, and they've opened their doors to us um, one day a week on, uh, not a week, but every one, month. one month. Every third Thursday of the month, we have um, a program, TTT, Triple T? It's TTT,
1: <laughs> Thursdays at TAM with Tupac mm-hmm. and we teach a contemporary class, dance to the class. Public for free. Wow. For free, mm-hmm. from 6.30 to 7.30, the third Thursday of every month, and that's a big success Community comes out, they dance, they get to dance around wonderful art. Uh, sure. The museum is free, I believe, Thursdays after five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, people can come early and see the beautiful art in the museum and then stay and get a, a little cultural refresher mm-hmm. uh, by uh, joining in. And
0: and Tupac teaches not just uh, children and students, but also adults as well, Absolutely. including things like this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Can I tell them about my West
2: Africa? Yes. <laughs> And we also teach other dance forms besides ballet in order to support the ballet, but ballet being the primary dance um, genre that we do focus on. So I attend every Sunday. I try to get there every Sunday. But in the African-American community, we have church on yes. Sunday. So I have to boogie from church right after our service. And um, I attend our West African dance class. That's 1 o'clock to 2.30 yes. every Sunday. And that class is taught by a professional West African, uh, internationally known um, instructor and dancer and his wife, the dance uh, partnering couple and, and drummers, professional drummers as well. And it is so high energy and such good exercise. I'm kind of sore right now, actually, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I've been told I have some pretty good skills at Amacat when they called me up, (laughs) but I love that class. And, um, I, I think, uh, what we're offering to the community by way of West African dance, um, Flamenco mm. I mean professional Flamenco dancer Just amazing mm-hmm. As well as A um, wonderful hip hop Instructor right He's new Yes um, And uh, and we have of course Contemporary And then you can talk About the pose And
1: Yes we just started that, uh, This what? summer A pose Voguing class Which I don't know If people are familiar With the Emmy award Winning show Pose Where Billy Porter Plays this Wonderful uh, Performer so, Pose is, think back to Madonna.
0: The vo- Vogue. Vogue, yes. Well,
1: she borrowed that from uh, the transsexual uh, community in New York, where they're, uh, it's called ballroom culture. Okay. Where they hold weekly balls, and it's based on the dance, the death drop, the makeup, the hair, the fashion. So, uh these these dancers needed a place to uh, perform, to practice, and so we have weekly classes in voguing, and that's a free class, one of our free classes uh, that is free to everyone who wants to come. Although we do not turn away donations.
2: Sure. And speaking of free, you might want to share that we have at this time um, free ballet. For boys, yes. young boys, because we're really trying to encourage our young males to um, understand the power yeah. of dance.
0: So something I want to mm-hmm. just uh, ask for either of you to chime in on: um, Why is ballet important? Uh, mm-hmm. You've mentioned that these other dance forms support ballet. What what is what's the importance of ballet as as you see it in, in well, particular?
1: Well, the ballet is the core, and it gives you the discipline. To do almost anything.
2: As well as the self-confidence. Mm. Yes.
1: It, it, the confidence and the discipline are most important. Mm-hmm. It's, you turn off your brain to anything outside for an hour and a half, and you concentrate on the techniques, the tec- technical aspects of your body mixed with uh, grace or strength. And that's what's great about ballet. It's, it's kind of a mix of the arts and sciences. Hmm. So if you have a strong base, then you can go and venture out and do other dance forms. Yeah. Um, and you can excel in them, but you need that base first.
0: Yeah,
2: that's and, great. Yeah, that's absolutely. a great description. And on our website, Tupac kind of goes along with this in that he wasn't a ballet dancer, but he certainly took ballet.
0: And we're Uh, not not talking about the organization here. No, now we're talking about Tupac.
2: the singer. He took ballet. I did not know that. We have an article on our um, website, and I'm excited about that because he's from my hometown of Baltimore. And also I realized that voguing started in Baltimore. I didn't know that until I learned about that genre. And as a lifelong learner, I'm not a ballet dancer my community unfortunately we were sort of left out of the mix and I didn't get to go to ballets when I was uh, a young student and that's another reason I really wanted to get involved because our um, young children are being left out of this whole classical arts um, part of entertainment They're certainly you know into the hip hop and into uh, the popular cultural music and all that and that's great. But we're being being sort of marginalized and have been, I'll say. We have been traditionally marginalized in this classical community of arts because we didn't know about it. We didn't think it was for us. And, of course, you know, it's costly. Uh, And so, you know, with all the economic divide. But we're closing that gap. That's an access gap. And right. we want to close the opportunity and the access gap to the classical arts yeah. um, with ballet and with opera. And uh, we take our students to operas.
1: And Well, yes, them. we've been very mm-hmm. fortunate uh, in that PMB, uh we have so many teachers from there, that they understand the inequity mm-hmm. of uh, our community in the ballet world. So they have gifted us with... Uh, tickets to go and see ballets. We just took 40 students and their parents to see Carmina Barana mm-hmm. as a gift from P&B. We've taken them to P&B's dress rehearsals and performances of other ballets as well. Uh, P&B has also helped uh, furnish point shoes for our students because point shoes are $98 yeah. for the base point shoe. Wow. We do not have the uh, wherewithal. We don't have that... A base of money to be able to afford to take our children to see ballets, but they understand that if you don't see it, how can you imagine yourself in it? Right. Yep. And our children are so surprised and happy when they see brown bodies on the stage, and they talk about it yeah. for days at a time. Yeah. And so that is so fulfilling. Uh, probably uh, to come arts live they offer. Uh, offered our tickets, our children tickets to see a performance last year, which was also great. We wish there was more of that for the greater community. But Mm -hmm. you have to see it. You have to hear it. uh, You have to feel it in order to imagine yourself in that position. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. I I think what I'm... I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say with this uh, as as I go. but I, I what I'm trying to get to, I think, is is that I think it's really interesting when an arts organization, um, especially if it's in a some sort of art form that has been traditionally white because mm-hmm. it came from Europe or something like that, there's a temptation to say, well, we will do something um different for the African American community or something something else and they create a separate program mm-hmm. and i think what's really interesting and compelling about what you're doing is is you're making that art form more accessible mm-hmm. to the kids so you're not um, changing the art form, um, but you have a container around it with a an organization led by people of color with people of color on stage as you know teachers. I think that that's a really um, compelling model for for how to how to expand arts access.
2: And, and basically, the verbiage that you know the way you would describe that is basically culturally responsive
0: ballet. Thank thank you for the verbiage. I I didn't know the word I was looking for, (laughs) but you said it. That's the
2: word you're looking for, and in education, that's what we say. It's culturally responsive. I mean, it's ballet, and we're not changing the art form of ballet. We're just making it more responsive and more accessible, um, more inviting, more encouraging for our community, letting them know that uh, because you're African American does not mean that you can't access this art form. You're very much a part of it. So with that, too, I always like to... uh, connect the literacy that goes along with the dance. Um, So Misty Copeland, of course, some of our children and some of adults have never heard of Misty Copeland, but she's one of the, um, and you can share a little more about her, but she's one of the most um, talented, um, now world-recognized African-American ballet dancers out of um, New York City Ballet. Yes, hmm. New York City Ballet,
1: American Ballet Theater, American Ballet okay. Theater
2: in New York City. Yeah, and so our children read about her. We have books about her. Uh, we have a library that was gifted to us from Cabbie, who passed away. Did we say we did I think, say Cabbie passed away? Yeah. Yeah. but we yeah. did
1: not mention that he was also a professor of flax studies
2: at Evergreen State and College
1: and dance mm-hmm. ballet oh, wow. at the Evergreen State College Absolutely. in Olympia. Oh wow!
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, of course, he had a huge library, and his family. Gifted that library to That's Tupac, wonderful. so we have a wonderful library of videotapes and books about um, African American dancers, dancers of color, uh, including Cabby, Huge images of Cabbie all over the studio, so they can see him in this 180-degree um, leg span, to, so they know that this is very doable. Oh my! Can but actually happen.
1: And touching upon what you were saying um, just a moment ago about literacy. Uh, ballet not changing it but telling our stories so last year we no this year we uh, mm-hmm. uh we choreographed a full-length ballet called harriet the black swan which covers four seasons of the life of harriet tubman mm. now we wanted to be sure that we were accurate in telling her story and we wanted to include all of our students so our school is very mixed we have uh, Caucasians, Black, Asian, uh, Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. So, it's, how do we tell a story about slavery and not vilify our children and make some of them feel
0: oh, that's interesting, uh,
1: uh, really horrible for for the crimes that happened uh, during this time? So, uh, in thinking about it, how can we utilize everyone? We made uh, different children parts of the constellations, which Harriet followed the stars. On a Way to Freedom. We also had some of uh, uh, our children working as some of the emancipators who worked with her. Uh, we got to her later life when she worked with the suffragettes. So we were able to incorporate all of our children into a full-length ballet, which I I think is a standalone amazing uh, uh, ballet.
2: And this is a ballet that was written and created by none other than the Claire Etheridge, who's sharing this. <laughs> she wrote this, envisioned it, created it. And uh, and well, then it was inspired by. I was going to say it yeah. was inspired though by Cavi and, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if you've heard the name uh, Maxine Mems. She's mm. um, and one of our esteemed advisors, ninety-one-year-old um, educator extraordinaire in the yeah. um, Pacific Northwest area, uh, and she um, also inspired the seasons that yes. um, Claire has just described That's great. as we went through That's the wonderful. various seasons of Harriet Tubman's life. It's great. Yeah. I want to
0: take a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to talk about your upcoming performance of uh, the Urban Nutcracker. This episode of the We Art Tacoma podcast was generously supported by the Tacoma Arts Commission. What is that, you ask? The Arts Commission is a volunteer group of citizens appointed by City Council who support the development of our community through public art, arts programming, and funding of arts organizations, artists, and, apparently, podcasts about the arts. This year, through the Arts Projects Fund, the Arts Commission funded 32 Tacoma organizations in the fields of dance, craft, film, music, visual, literary, and cultural arts. My thanks to the Tacoma Arts Commission for funding this podcast and the many awesome programs, artists, and organizations around the city. Welcome back. We are... uh here to talk about Tupac, uh, the organization, and let me see if I can get it, the Tacoma Urban Performing Arts Center. Got it. Perfect. Okay. And uh, this year, we're going to be uh, seeing Taco- uh, the, the Urban Nutcracker, which is uh, a take on the Nutcracker. Do you want to share what what this uh, is? And it sounds like it's becoming maybe a holiday tradition for you?
1: Yes. Uh, we felt that the community, hilltop community specifically in Tacoma and people of color, needed to have a, a holiday story that we could celebrate every year. And um, in knowing that many of the ballet companies here that do the Nutcracker, our children were not getting the lead roles. We wanted to have something that that was ours. And uh, so the, the Urban Nutcracker came about, and in thinking what our Nutcracker was going to look like, I didn't want... It to be black or Asian or ca- Caucasian. So, in thinking about the look of him, I thought, well,
0: and you're talking about the physical, the nutcracker the physical nutcracker. Here. Cracker, yeah,
1: let's make him blue, kind of like um, Krishna, which is evokes peace, hmm. and uh, his costume is is based on Dessalines, who was a liberator in what is it, Haiti. Or Mm. the Dominican Republic. Okay. Mm. But he was Mm. a liberator. And Mm. um, the Salines, this was his uniform Mm -hmm. that he wore. And so we based uh, him on that. uh, On On that look, yeah. A hero of of, uh, oppressed people. And uh, what we also wanted to do, we wanted to make sure that uh, in Act Two, it's normally. Uh, It's called the divertissements, which in most of those ballets, you see the traditional, well, fake tradition. Uh, Everything's appropriated, the Chinese, the Arabian. um, Russian. Russian. Mm. Uh, And, you know, you have to think about the the history of the ballet. So when that started, people didn't travel. So so it was like a travelogue for them. I hadn't Um, thought of that. Okay. So everything was appropriated because they didn't really know the culture. And uh, what we did and what we do is we've changed it to we are actually having true dances of different areas as our divertissements. So we have a South Pacific Islander dance. We have a hip-hop. We have African, West African, flamenco. What else do we have? Pose. Pose. As well as... The traditional ballet portions.
2: Yeah. with the traditional Tchaikovsky music?
1: Yes. It is all tradition, traditional music. Although in Act One, we use a a jazz version of the score for our first two, first three numbers, first three acts, or a jazz version of the Tchaikovsky score. Yeah. And it's it's really fascinating. That's, that's really cool and fun. And uh, it's set in Tacoma in 1981, as opposed to Europe in 1881. Okay. So it's like all the bad things about the 80s, those fashions with the, sh- the shoulder pads and the <laughs> bright colors, uh, windowpane we stockings. Yeah, yeah we embrace your, all of that I in our Act
2: One. So the so the the urban nutcracker has um, the traditional ballast. What's his name? Balanchine. Balanchine. Balanchine's Nutcracker. We have um, transitioned to Tupac's Urban Nutcracker. Again, being culturally responsive. Inviting our community in to see dancers and to see performers and performances that look like the dances they do, yeah. but forgot to share that um, the Poly- Polynesian dance is also included at Tupac, and they and they were just one of the most popular um, features in urban tup- uh, so, Crackerland. So
0: when 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 can someone come see this? Because this sounds ah. pretty great. It's
1: coming up really soon, mm-hmm. November 30th. Okay. And December 1st. So November 30th we have two performances, mm-hmm. one at 2:30. Uh, The second at seven thirty, in which our mayor will be performing. Oh wow! The seven thirty performance, (laughs) and our final performance will be three thirty on Sunday, December first.
0: So Mayor Woodard is going to be in this ballet. Yes, 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 for the second year. That is the coolest thing.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we love the fact that she enjoys it. Um, We have a great time. She's in the party scene, which is so much more fun than the traditional uh, (laughs) party scene. Because it is. Yeah,
0: it's just like people walking in. If I recall the. Well, the...
1: they walk in and then they do this big square dance and okay. all of that. And uh, so we do the electric slide. <laughs>
0: oh, that's awesome!
1: Because who went to a party in the '80s who didn't do the electric slide? It's a part of almost every celebration uh, that I've gone to. And uh, this year, we're going to try to get the audience to get up out of their seats and join in.
0: And and we're still talking Tchaikovsky here. Is that what I understand? That's right. This is such a fascinating blend of things. I love it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So to get our students to hear that music, which they've probably heard, you know, before, maybe, maybe not... But now they've heard it, and so they they understand uh, and love it. That classical music. It's it's, it's a
0: beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. ballet. I, Absolutely, I, it's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. every holiday season to listen to.
2: And they'll get tickets to go see the traditional Nutcracker ballet at oh, the PNB. Oh, how wonderful! With out of out of the courtesy yes. of PNB. Yeah. So we'll get to, they'll get to do that, and then they'll just sort of be able to see, uh, you know, the uh, analogy between the traditional and the more. Um, and what they're the doing. The one that relates to what they do, yeah. And to what The they're
0: culturally related. responsive one. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for that word. Um, this is great. Uh, I will put a link to this in the show notes. So if anyone's listening, uh, there will be a link to the show notes uh, for that. And uh, um, I, I think it's going to uh, – do you want to say anything about tickets or supporting this oh, show?
1: Tickets are so affordable. Uh, tickets start at five dollars. That and, is
0: incredibly affordable,
1: <laughs> and go up to twenty-five dollars. Also,
0: also incredibly affordable. I'll just yes, throw that out there.
1: Uh, that's the most expensive ticket because we find so many of our families are not able to enjoy these experiences because if you have four children, and the seats are thirty-nine dollars,
0: it adds up. Yeah,
1: that's your month's groceries. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah,
2: and the five dollars is babes in arm. Oh, okay, <laughs> those are the babes in arm. We have to. We find people. Embrace it more. I mean, everybody has to support. We want everybody to be a part of sustaining this uh, big event that we're um, hoping to make an annual event. Yeah. But even more than that, it is very affordable. Yes. Um, however, we have to have sponsors. We really need the community to support uh, this production as well as um, Tupac. But right now I'll say they can really focus on the urban uh, Nutcracker by becoming sponsors, by purchasing ads in our program booklet, um, by purchasing tickets going online, www.tacoma.upac. That's Urban Performing Arts Center, but it's dot And the tickets can be purchased there. Um, we may have tickets at the door if you're so lucky. To get one, because hopefully it'll
0: be sold hopefully out before it'll be sold then. Out. Hopefully well, yeah. everyone will hear this podcast, hopefully, and yeah, and we'll be get it sold, sold out. Right. We were
2: sold out last year.
0: Oh, yeah. great! Well, that's incentive yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: So sponsors, call uh, the Urban Performing Arts Center, call our number, reach out to us, email us.
0: However it works. However it works, we need when we Okay, the pitch health. is out there. <laughs> great. Claire and Pam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say as we wrap up?
1: Oh, it's so nice to meet you and so nice to be
2: here. Yeah, thank it's you. great to know about 253. Yeah,
0: channel 253 and the We Are Tacoma podcast. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, great. thanks so much. Thank you. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.